Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Welcome to another episode of the Young and Adulting podcast in Mary. Christmas, y'all. It is a Christmas special. My name is Tyler. I'm here with the entire Young Adults team, so we hope that you enjoy this. We're going to jump into some conversation. So the first conversation that we're going to kick it off with, with the squad, the team in this wonderful little studio today is, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Alec? Tyler, there's only one answer. Give it to us. Come on. It is three letters, and it is Elf. Best Christmas movie ever made. It's the journey of some guy from the North Pole to New York City through the candy cane forest over the Sugar Plum Mountains. It was a masterpiece. The character development's absolutely insane. Elf. You've thought this through before. Okay. It's the only answer. Anybody want to dispute that? Yes. It's a good movie. It's overplayed. It's way overplayed, overrated. It's not as funny either. Like it's it's just too much. I think it's funny. You think it's funny? I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. So I think one of my favorite movies, and it's not actually super popular today. It's like an old, I don't know, 19th. I don't want to throw the wrong year out there, but it's called It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. And it's about, It's I think, arguably, it's more of a Christmas movie because ultimately they end up surrounding themselves by the Christmas story. And it's really cool. But I won't tell you the story. Have you watched it this December yet? I haven't watched it yet. I'm like holding on. Okay. I wanted to wait for Thanksgiving to fully be in the past. Okay. Yeah. I, we can all get on. I think leave it to Amanda to say the least controversial thing. So she's, <laughs> she unites us all. Very thankful. I'll go. I think my favorite Christmas movie right now is The Santa Claus. It's like from 94. I like We Santa just Claus. watched it. I'd Tim never Allen? watched it. Yeah, Tim Allen. Such He's a good, good movie. It's just all around good. We've watched the second and third one. Not on par with the first one, but the first one for sure. The Santa Claus. Santa Claus is good. Well, good. I, I think Elf is overhyped. I also like Home Alone 2. Yeah. But there's nothing better than the first Home Alone. Like, there's nothing better than the first Home Alone. It's the original one. I'm one of those guys to believe that the original movie is all, the first movie is always the best movie. It's always the best movie. It's just, that's just me, though. Aren't yeah. you grateful that Elf doesn't have any sequels? All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, actually, I was going to say the Santa Claus, but DJ. I uh, stole it's it from okay. me. So my second favorite in Christmas movie, in my face, whatever, <laughs> DJ. Uh, my second favorite uh, movie is definitely The Grinch. The Grinch. It's like classic. It's fun. It's, it's hilarious. The Grinch is so funny. So Are I, you talking I, about Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. No, that no. movie is weird and creepy. <laughs> I'm not about it. Dressed up in all green. Hair, uh-uh. It's so funny, though. I'm not about it. <laughs> There is a Christmas movie that's that is weird and scary, but I was told not to say anything about it because I have strong opinions. So okay, yeah. So let's leave it. So off. we'll just leave it let's there. Leave it we'll let's leave it, it there. Let's it's leave not it okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I I do like. <laughs> I'm gonna share my two cents. I love the Santa Claus. Grew up watching it. We would watch it before uh, Christmas uh, Day. I also love the new Grinch. That's why I asked you which one. There's a new Grinch. There's like the animated version. We watch it with my. My kids, it's really, really fun. But uh, Christmas is more than than movies, although movies are a fun part of it. When you go back to your childhood, or maybe this is recent, what are some of your favorite Christmas memories? Uh, Amanda, why don't you kick us off? Favorite Christmas memories. It could be recent. It could be nostalgic. Yeah. I have one that I always share because it was the coolest Christmas to date that I've had. I remember I was like nine years old. All I wanted was a pair of Heelys. You guys remember those shoes? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um. We weren't like super loaded. We were balling on a budget most of my life. And so I didn't expect to get any toys for Christmas. 
Um, in fact, our parents kind of let us know. I have seven siblings, so there's like a lot of kids. They let us know like you're probably not going to get like the gifts that you are kind of like hoping for this year. But like we do love you and we're writing you cards and all this kind of stuff. So Christmas morning came and some really close family friends uh, like knocked on our door before we all opened gifts. And they had bikes for every single one of us. And then my parents wrote like words of like prophetic words over all of our lives. And I hold on to that to this day and like rehearse it over myself. And then my neighbor knocked on the door and she got a pair of Heelys and I celebrated with her because that was like really cool. And then I opened my last gift and my siblings put money together to get me a pair of Come Heelys. On. It was the absolute like so coolest layered Christmas. Like I just weeped <laughs> and thanked Jesus until like January That's so <laughs> and cool. on. So it was really cool. And you're wearing them today. You're I am wearing some, them today. Some moves, right? <laughs> Show us. I did see like two Christmas ago at Roll Palm. I saw a mixed student riding through the lobby on Heelys and I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. So I love that. Awesome. The mix is our ministry for fifth and sixth graders, correct? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right, who else got a Christmas memory? Christmas memory, Pablo? So I remember, I was probably, I wanna say probably five or six, and I grew up on Star Wars. Like Star Wars is life. And no, literally, like that was it. And I remember like, Tell my parents. Actually, I was writing a letter to Santa, and I was like, Santa, I just want one thing. I want the full collection of Star Wars figures, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. One small the thing. Whole collection. I want all the ships. I want all the characters. I want all the, like, all of it. Just just one thing. <laughs> and, you know, I gave it to my parents, and uh, we had this. Re- yeah, yeah, right. So so they could give it. They shipped it to, to, the, to the North Pole. Um, and we had this tradition when I was growing up that... Uh, for us, I'm Hispanic, so we celebrate the 24th. The 24th is Christmas for us. So what my family would do is they would be like, all the kids and a few adults would go up to the balcony upstairs and be like, we're going to look for Santa. We're going to look for Santa. And like we look for, you know, Rudolph and all that kind of stuff. And then in the meantime, while we're doing that, the rest of the adults are downstairs, like setting up all the gifts. Uh, so they're like, oh, Santa came. And then we'll come down and the gifts are magically all over the, the house. And I remember coming down and seeing like a table just like this one full of Star Wars figures and like all the ships and everything. I was like, yeah, I was like freaking out. So it was probably like my favorite memory growing up. Yeah. Bro, that's amazing. So I, I have two quick ones. Uh, one of my earliest childhood memories was we'd always go to Christmas Eve services uh, as a kid and we went to the midnight Christmas Eve service. So we basically would go to church like at 11 and then church would wrap up by 12. So you get home and like it was Christmas. But Every year, and it still happens to this day. I don't know how it happens. We have Christmas PJs, and my mom would say it was like the P- it was the Christmas elf that would bring you PJs. And I believe it's like in the I still do honestly till like I was twelve years old. But I was like, man, like there's always new PJs on the bed. So that was like Christmas elf, super cool. And then I have little siblings. So my oldest sister is seventeen. So when I was there's a ten year age gap between us. So when I was like sixteen, she was six. So like height of Santa Claus. I remember one Christmas Eve, I got on our roof with jingle bells and I got outside of her window and just started ringing them like crazy. And when I tell you, it was one of the most joyous moments for her of just like believing and knowing that Santa was actually on our roof. It was like one of our core memories. It devastated her at 13 years old when she was like, actually presenting like proof to my mom why Santa was real. She's like, I heard the bells. Yeah. She's like, that was your brother. She was like, no. <laughs> but it was one of the, the best moments ever. That's super, That's super cool, man. I, I also have a Christmas memory. I was in middle school and at that time I was young, didn't grow up in church. 
So Christmas was all about gifts to me, right? And there was this one gift that I wanted. It was the Xbox 360, right? So I'm a gamer. Come on, gamers make some noise. So I wanted this Xbox 360. And what happened is I woke up Christmas Eve and there was a bunch of gifts under the tree. And you know, for me, I'm like excited. Like I, I remember going to, going to sleep Christmas Eve night and I'm like, it's I, it was so hard for me to go to sleep because I was like, man, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm gonna get that Xbox 360. So I wake up the next day, it's like 6.30 in the morning. I go downstairs and I look and there's no gifts under the tree. I literally thought the Grinch literally stole Christmas. Like I thought we got robbed. I'm like, mom, I'm waking up my mom. She's like, calm down. I'm like, don't tell me to calm down. I want my gifts, right? So my mom ends up sitting me and my sister down uh, and she told us the real meaning of Christmas and how Jesus came to the earth. Uh, to be with us, to, to, to save us, all those different things. Uh, and, and I remember, I'm in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, it's a great story, cool story, but I still want that Xbox, right? Yeah. So we ended up uh, going to the Christmas tree, and I kid you not, there was a bunch of gifts under the tree. I got that Xbox 360, wow. and man, I still remember it to this day. And that's my favorite Christmas story. So yeah, that's great. I love it. That's awesome. I, uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and so we would we would do the th same things every year. We would do Christmas morning with my family, devotions, and we would open presents pretty quietly. And then we would drive to Philly and spend time with the rest of my family. But this one year, there was this huge blizzard that was coming through, like to the point where like, if we wait till the 25th, we won't be able to get out of our house. And so I remember this is the only year we did this, but it was just, it sticks in my brain. Uh, we went to Christmas Eve service and then we actually had like Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, and then we got in the car, went to Philly that night before the, the the snowstorm. So I just, for whatever reason, I remember like the excitement of like, wait, we don't have to wait till tomorrow. Like it's tonight and the yeah, snow yeah, coming. Yeah. And now we live in Florida and I never see snow. And so it's, <laughs> it sticks in my, my brain pretty all, hard. All of our Christmas services, man. Yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's some snow at all of them. But different kind of snow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of mine. You got one? Uh, I just remember growing up every Christmas Eve, we would go to my grandmother's and it was all my cousins. We'd all crash there. I had family. Actually, I grew up in West Virginia and we had family who lived in Florida. They would drive up 12 hours just to be a part of our Christmas Eve uh, experience time with my grandparents. And they would always buy a small little gift. But it was always so fun because we got there at like 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. And we didn't leave until like 11 o'clock that night. So it was really just a full day Christmas Eve with all of my family. So that was always very special to me. And it was cool because it was like one of the few traditions my family had. We, we weren't big on traditions. Um, we had, that was a tradition. And also we would go get a Christmas tree the day after Thanksgiving every year at a Christmas tree farm. So, but yeah, Christmas Eve was always special. I love that. Well, there's, there's, there's so much uh, to think about when it comes to the Christmas service, uh, Christmas season, and it's fun, there's traditions and all these things. But obviously at the end of the day, uh, we all know that it's it's more than the music and the lights and the hot cocoa and all the, the, the traditions and, and fun. Really, it's it's the story of Jesus and him coming to us. And so when you guys think about your own life or maybe the, the conversations you have with people and you reflect on the Christmas story, uh, what are some of your favorite aspects or uh, moments in the Christmas story that have been meaningful in your journey? Lewis, you got any? Yeah, well, uh, I've been reading this Christmas devotional and came across this idea that's it's new, it's fresh, it's been sitting with me. And uh, the idea is God in a manger. Yeah. Whenever the angels told the shepherds that a Savior was born and a virgin had given birth and his name was Christ the Lord and the babe would be wrapped in cloths lying in a manger— the part that probably did not shock the shepherds was that a baby was in a manger. The part that shocked the shepherds was that angels were in the air and Christ is born, all, all this wild stuff. But 
if anybody, we know like the the resources, connections, the the, the class that shepherds were in, they, they weren't the ones that were able to get to the hospital. They weren't the ones to be able to have a baby born in a palace. If anyone was going to have a, a baby born in a manger, it probably would have been a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And, and in the devotional, they said, I wonder if those shepherds were hearing this announcement that a savior was born in a manger and thought, oh, that's... That's that's where my wife gave birth. That's where my parents had to go. We didn't have any. Is that God going to be like us? And, and I love that idea that at the manger, the manger made common ground with the least likely people. And I read that just a couple of weeks ago, and that's been something that's been sitting with me. It's It's new. I haven't thought about that before, but that idea right there, the manger made common ground. I've been challenged to make common ground with people. I, I want to make common ground with everybody that I have. So that's that, that, that's what I've been studying, and learning, living in lately. No, that's awesome. That's uh, I love I love that that picture. And similar to me, uh, I think of like the three wise men, right? Where they came with uh, these extravagant gifts, right? Frankincense, myrrh, and gold gifts that in our human nature and our human capabilities, they came to the Savior of the world. Like this is the gifts, the, the extravagant gifts that we're going to give him um, as he is being born. And when I think about it, and I look at God giving us the extravagant extravagant gift of Jesus. And I'm like, wow, to think that he was a, a little baby, so helpless, right? He needed his mom, he needed his his dad. Uh, if not, he would die, right? But he was the savior of the world. And this was the extravagant, extravagant gift that God gave us that, you know, 33 years later, he would hung, uh, hang on a cross for you and I uh, to give us another gift, right? The gift of salvation. And I, I just think that I'm like, man, how cool it is that uh, God's nature is so generous. God's nature is so extravagant for us. Uh, and that in turn, it makes me want to be extravagant with God yeah. in every area of my life of, of my giving, my worshiping, my devotion to him. Uh, that That is truly like when I think through the, 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 the Christmas story, I'm like, man, it just makes me want to be that much more extravagant with God. So it's great. Yeah, it's powerful. Uh, yeah, real quick, kind of with when Lewis is talking about the shepherds, one thing that I've always thought was really, really cool about the Christmas, um, the first Christmas was there was, you know, the workforce in the in the biblical times, the shepherd was like a least of these type of role. And within like, I guess, the org chart or the hierarchy of the shepherds, you kind of had the, the day shepherds that they would work during the day, but then you had the night shift type shepherds, like they would look over the night over the sheep. And it was, again, kind of like the bottom of the totem pole at the bottom of the totem pole and they got to experience the very first Christmas, which is really special because it's kind of like an echo or or intertext to later on when, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God is really for the least of these. The last shall be first and the first shall be like that whole idea of the least of these got to experience the very first Christmas ever. So all of the striving and, you know, the the ambition a lot of times that we feel that we've got to whether get close to God or do better in our workplace for a you know to be a better me whenever we look at the first Christmas the least of these got to experience Jesus and I think that's just kind of a beautiful picture of what just Christmas looks like yeah that's beautiful I think it's really funny because I was gonna say something about the shepherds as well and in uh, your face ah thank you, DJ <laughs> uh, I also think too the shepherds they were the first ones to actually show us what it meant to like count the cost um, if we look in Luke chapter two, um, the shepherds, that was like their, their livelihood was their sheep. And it actually says they, they left their flocks 
and uh, for a shepherd to leave their people unattended, to leave their sheep just to go see. And it would actually, it would have been told that it took them 12 days to get there, then 12 days to come back. So thinking about leaving their livelihood behind for almost a month just to go see this newborn king, it really was reminding me this Christmas season of like, am I counting the cost of just seeing Jesus, of just following Jesus? Um, But also like, if you look through all the New Testament, like it, it gave us a picture of like, yeah, leave everything behind. And go, and go follow Jesus, the disciples. Go leave everything behind and, and follow Jesus. So this really this beautiful picture of like, all right, like this is a reminder. Count the cost and go see your newborn king. It's great. Will, you got something? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, to echo what everyone says, I think the beautiful part is, is that in this season, it's an, it's an invitation, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's an invitation for us to come and behold a king that has come to have saw us in the distance and has bridged the gap, which is Jesus. And man, I'm, I don't know, I, I just think for me, I just always take a moment in this season to just pause, to, to recognize, man, we have a savior that's not far away from us, mm-hmm. but we have a savior that came to us, yep. yeah. right? And, and I love that Jesus never calls us to do something that he hasn't already done before. So he tells us to come because he came first. Yeah. He tells us to love because he loves first. Uh, so I, I, to me, I just enjoy that whole aspect of the Christmas story. Uh, we have a man, Emmanuel, God with us, a man who dwelt with us uh, so that, we, that we, we can live with him, talk to him. Yeah. Uh, and live for him. So, man, that's it's exciting. Yeah, that's great. One of my favorite characters uh, over the last couple of years, especially when I stepped into fatherhood uh, four years ago, was like looking at Joseph and his life and how crazy this Christmas story is. You have mm-hmm. uh, this couple engaged to be married, and then Mary's all of a sudden pregnant, and and Joseph's like, from who? And just the the, the reality that, that that he was willing to cover her and be obedient to what yeah. God was saying. Like he yeah. he was so un. Uh, he didn't care what, what people thought about his reputation because he was just obedient to God and go like, I'm going to cover her and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a way and take care of her and, and support her and absorb all of the, the things that people might be saying behind his back. And I mean, just he was so unconcerned with the opinions of people mm-hmm. because yep. he was so obsessed with just being obedient to, to the Lord in, in a really confusing time. And so I'm um, just thinking of the humility on his life and just the concern of uh, for his family and for for the work of God. And so I'm super challenged by his example to, to lead and care for uh, and trust God in the midst of something that's super confusing, even because it wasn't his biological son in the first place. And to, to father Jesus, knowing that he has a perfectly heavenly father. I mean, it's just, there's so many aspects yeah. to it that challenged me, man, I want to be a, a, a humble father and friend and, and, and yeah. servant minded and not just during the Christmas season, but like every, every day. So I think this is such a, a important conversation to have and, uh, you know, one of the questions I would love for you guys to maybe answer a little bit is in the busyness, the hustle and bustle, you know, we have Christmas parties, you know, there's work things, there's uh, family outings, the, the gift shopping, all of it. What are some things that you've learned to do in your own life uh, to kind of center this season on, on Christ and keep him first and foremost? Anybody have something that you're like, man, this is some practices that I do uh, to keep myself anchored on Christ in the, in the season? Yeah, I think for me, what I've I've learned to do, because even, you know, looking at the nature of what we do, right, it only gets busier and crazier with everything that, that happens. Um, but really taking a time, a scheduled time to spend it with God, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's early in the morning, 
And if I can get to it in the morning, then I schedule it later at night, right before I go to bed. Uh, but having that intentionality of like, from this time to this time, I am meeting with Jesus, right? We, we're so like, oh, I got to make it to the, my work meetings and family. But okay, how about your meeting with God? Yep. Uh, and I treat it from that perspective, like this is my meeting time with the Lord and I'm going to slow down and I'm going to sit down to be with him, just to be with him. Not because I want something, not because I'm asking for something. Yes, we get to that. God is characteristic like that. But it's coming to this place of God, I'm sitting with you just because I want to spend time with you. Yeah. And in this season where everything is crazy and I and I want to spend time with family and friends and Christmas parties and everything, I also want to be intentional to schedule some time to put it in a place, whether it's in the morning or night, however you can move it. And this is my time where you and I, we're going to hang out. And we're going to talk about life. And if there's something you want to bring up, we'll bring it up. We're going to read your word. We're going to like whatever it is that you want to do, God, I'm going to sit here and we're going to do it. So I've come to learn to have that rhythm built out, especially in this time of the year, this season, because it's crazier and protecting that a lot. Right. Not not wavering. Now we're like, oh, yeah, this seems more important. But putting that priority in, in, in that relationship with God. So it's just like practically just scheduling it, putting it like in you know, my calendar, like this is my time with God. And nothing comes between that. So that's what it's been for me. It's great. Great. Yeah, I think for, for Courtney and I, we've really just been trying to take our eyes off of like the consumption of, mm -hmm. of Christmas and the consumeration of, of Christmas of, of getting and more about like what, what can we what can we give? So one thing that we always love to do and uh, we just had the opportunity to do it was go serve uh, this Christmas and being able just to go and impact communities that needed the love and the message of Jesus Christ uh, and bringing them this hope. Uh, I think sometimes for a lot of people, they, they think the hope is presence. They think the hope is what they're getting under the tree, but being able to give an everlasting hope is something that Courtney and I, we, we love to be a part of and we love to see kids faces like smile when we tell them about the hope of Jesus it's, yeah. it's something that will stick with them for the rest of their lives so I think for us we just prioritize serving we're always trying to figure out not what, what, what we're getting this Christmas not what's under the tree for yeah. our family but man what can we give and uh, what's the the hope that we can impart into other people it's great it's great yeah um, I, I, I've done two things different this year I've uh, picked up these Christmas devotionals I've never really done those before um, but man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out some type of way to keep the Christmas message new and fresh. And it's that time with the Lord that I've been able to carve out that has been such a blessing in my life. Um, uh, I'm serving at church. I'm making sure that I know the purpose of Christmas, like you said. And then I'm like creating own my own little traditions. Like this is how I do Christmas. I don't have to get swept into everything else. Sure, yep. This is how Kalisa and I do this. So yeah been trying to focus in there and it's been it's been such a full christmas season so far love so i've been been loving it sure man i would love to hear from you yeah i think that um this year it's, it's been kind of a combination of everything that's been said um even when i was reflecting on the christmas stories everybody was talking about a little bit earlier like the first christmas didn't look like christmas in 2023 right like there were no christmas trees there were no you know Black Friday sales a week before. Like, right. I think there's so many aspects that I have, like, originated Christmas to be that wasn't in the original Christmas. And so I think stripping those things away, it almost gives me permission to just behold Jesus. Like, where is, where is Jesus when I'm getting ready to go to a podcast this morning? <laughs> like, let me behold him there. Yeah. And, and I'm not just saying, like, God bless me as I go. I'm saying, Father, where are you as I go? Like, yeah. I'm looking for him more often. And so I think my invitation from the Christmas story that I'm clinging to in this Christmas season is like, 
the shepherd stayed watchful. Watchful for what? The star that was assigned to the sun. So I'm just looking for things that continue to point me to the sun. And this is one of those aspects. Like we're doing a podcast, but I'm centering myself on like, what is what is Jesus saying to our team? What is he saying over our young adults? What is he saying to us in this season? He's saying to slow down. He's saying, saying to abide. He's saying to linger. That's where I will behold the sun then. Like that is my manger uh, where I'm going to see, you know, him at his best. So uh, not him at his best. He doesn't have a bad day, but me at my best. Uh, so I think I am just trying to pace myself and beholding the sun in the mundane things and inviting Jesus into it, knowing that he's already there. Uh, that's been really helping me to just kind of like Christmas doesn't have to feel like Christmas. It doesn't have to feel like, um, you know, lights and candlelight services and all stuff that's going to happen. But my Christmas is going to be experienced in beholding him. And I get to I get to let him set that pace for me. And that's kind of where I've been. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. I uh I think this is such a special season, you know, and again it's a it's a special season that will hopefully like make it into January one and January second and July, you know, not just Christmas in July, but um the, the gospel is on full display in, in a manger. It was given to so it was given to shepherds and, and here we are in, entrusted with the same message. I think like Mary was entrusted to carry carry Christ and so are we. Like we're entrusted yeah. to carry his message and carry his spirit everywhere we go into into life into um, into our workplaces and our families. And so uh, really, really just special. I, I want to turn the corner as we look to close with a question that uh, is a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, it is Christmas season and people are in the season of buying gifts for others. Now, you know that sometimes you get a gift that you're like, I wasn't really looking for that, but thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's an avocado. Uh, so have, have you ever realized that the gift that you received was definitely a re-gift mm. or have you been guilty of re-gifting a gift that you were given that you didn't want I, I do have an example of this but I'm not going to kick it off so have you received a gift where you're probably like this is a re-gift or have you re-gifted what do we think anybody got a story I might plead the fifth on this one you don't have to give names I've got a story okay I've got a story alright um, somebody uh, this was like a, a goofy gift, but somebody got these massive, when I say massive, I'm talking like two foot dinosaur slippers for me one time. Um, Dino slippers? Yeah, they were, they were something else. And this is not like 20 years ago. This was like two years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I get them. I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do with this? And the next Christmas I did something bold, regifted the gift to the exact same person who gave them to me. <laughs> nice. I was like, cool. you gave these to me as a joke, I'm pretty sure. So I've kept them. I've given them back. Now, we are at a point where whenever the whole family gets together, we do this big white elephant, and somebody's responsibility is to take those slippers and gift them to somebody else. in the. F so they're around. I don't know where they are right now, but they're around. But yeah, the the story is somebody gifted me something and I regifted it right back to them. <laughs> That's a bold move. That says a lot about you. This is you got an example. This might be an unpopular opinion, but yeah, I right. think regifting's a okay. Yeah. There's this yeah. beautiful coin phrase that one person's trash is another person's treasure, and so I I personally I've been regifted a lot, and the only reason I've known is because like they accidentally didn't take their tag off. Okay. Oh, and so it said like two, not me, from 
somebody I don't know. But I was happy with what was inside of the I gift. So at the end of the mortified. day, like, yeah, I would, I, I would be crushed. I didn't tell them. I just told them thank you. Yeah, but, but you liked what it was. I liked what it okay, was. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. in my, I've had a positive experience with regifting on both ways, and I totally regift as well because I ball on a budget, and yeah, sometimes yeah. I get something, and instead of holding on to it for myself, I'm like, how can I split this up, totally, yeah, multiply yeah. it, give it to more people? So unpopular opinion, but I'm no, here for it. Okay. Yeah. I've definitely to. sold a few things on Marketplace that were gifts to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, oh, but it's hard. I feel no so shame. bad about it. So my man, my number one like love language is gifts. Like if, so if you funny. if you watch a funny video on on like YouTube and you send it to me, to me that's a gift. It's like you were thinking of me. You didn't have to you didn't have to send me that, but you went out of your way. Same with like a, an actual gift. It's not like it's not all monetary. But get like if I buy somebody a gift like it's it's special. Like I thought about. It. Like I I went without so that you could so so don't do that at any of our Christmas parties for my gifts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all I need. That's all I need, and I know that you care. There you go. That's great. that's funny. So at our house, we uh we have like this gift card drawer. So if we get a gift card, we kind of like put it like in this drawer. So if we're like, oh, what are we gonna do to you know what do we need to eat tonight? And we go through the gift card drawer of like, oh, we have like a Chipotle or we have like a Chick Fil A gift card. And there have been multiple times where we're like running late to a birthday party and we're like, ah, what are we gonna get this person? We just go through the gift card drawer. We're just like Home Depot, ah, no, ah, <laughs> Nike store, eh, no, Pottery Barn, eh, no, and. Yeah, so that's, we've definitely gifted some gift cards we've been given. You before. can give me the pottery barn. Part- <laughs> no, I was texting you at the mall last week. I was yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. Anyone else? Actually, uh, Casey, can you throw me that sweater right back there? This sweater right here that's about to come in in screen. This is an example of a regift off camera. Uh, yeah. This, so this sweater I wore it yesterday to our Christmas party. Uh, we had a dream team party at my house like three years ago, and uh, Blake, one of the volunteers, uh, Blake, if you're watching this. Uh, What's up, my man? He uh, he came in wearing this this sweater, and I was like, "This is super cool." And he won the cr- ugly Christmas sweater party that year. And uh, then we did the party the next year, and we did white elephant, and not a Christmas uh, ugly Christmas sweater party. And uh, I ended up getting this, so he regifted the sweater, and I won the gift. And so every Christmas, I'm like, I'm walking in a regifted sweater, and uh, I, I'm about it. So Pablo, you don't own a Christmas sweater, maybe I someone will regift one to you, Praise and you can Lord. have it. You it's only need one Christmas way. sweater for the rest yeah. of your life. I'm a small, so <laughs> so y'all know. <laughs> nice. I'm not sure, but uh, this is uh, my regift that that I love. So. I don't know what you guys think about the sweater, but here it is. I like the bow tie. Big but fan, yeah, yeah, big fan. Big it, fan. T- it takes a while to to get on. It's kind of like I'm casual, but I like to party. Casual, you know? but I like yeah, to party. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got the bow tie, ready yeah. to go. Yeah, which I guess that's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Not really <laughs> casual, but I like to party. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts as we uh, get ready to step into Christmas with our families? Anything you, any word of encouragement that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, anybody got something? You're like, man, I just want to encourage everybody with with this as they step into Christmas. Slow down, take in the moments with your family, make the most of it. I love it. I love it. I would say just enjoy. Yeah. Have a good time. You know, it's a joyful season. I know it can be stressful, but enjoy it. Life is short. It goes by fast. So there's no point in being stressed and, and anxious about it with the gifts and that. And just enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it. So, yeah. Love it. Go I'd encourage people if they haven't before. Uh, I love how Alec was talking about how he and Courtney just adopted this posture of generosity, like giving, how can I give? And I think that would just be a really cool thing for the church to do in a world that we live in, Mm -hmm. of people trying to get, get, get. What if we made our staple as being people that were generously giving 
and you get to experience the generosity of God's peace in your life because you prioritized his people. So yep. if you haven't served this year, yep. I would Come deeply on. encourage you, like maybe make this your first time serving. And I wonder what gift God has on the other side of that for you. That's great. Yeah, yeah I, I would just say, like everyone else said, just love and, and love the people that are around you. And, and you don't have to do it alone. Uh, you can connect with other people. Uh, statistics say that this is the loneliest season of the year. So I would say find people to do life with. There are people that may be in the same boat as you. Uh, I would say step out of your element, step out of your comfort zone and, and connect with people, love on people. Uh, and that's the that's that whole giving, giving, giving love to receive love. So I would say just do that. Um, yeah, our pastors talked uh, yesterday to some of our staff on how Christmas is all about expectation. And if you think about it, you have an expectation going into Christmas, whether it's a Christmas party or Christmas time with your family. And and I think a lot of times we, we the gap between disappointment and expectation, like that's where frustration happens. So I would almost say lower your expectation this year of people and raise your expectation of God. That's great. And I think you'll find yourself in a, in a very peaceful, encouraging place. Yep. That's my thoughts. That's great. Yeah, I think it's a season of generosity. I love we've been talking about Christ's birthday offering and getting in on that and yep. seeing God do more in our communities than we could do on our own. So, um, man, that's my prayer is that our people would get in on this and be like, man, I want to be a part of what God's doing here uh, regionally and then around the world. But this has been fun. Uh, you guys are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been super fun. So, hey, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Merry Christmas from us to you. We're excited for what the new year has in store, but we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So go drink some hot chocolate, uh, serve at church, and uh, have fun with your families this Christmas season. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.